right now, especially, there's it's going to be hard to get a job. There's layoffs. And if you're starting your own firm, I personally feel this is a good time to do that because of what I went through and what I've learned. Welcome to Sales Pipe Pros Podcast. Here's your host, Mike Petrosian. All right, everyone. Welcome to Sales Pipe Pros. I appreciate you taking the time. Today, my guest is a Bay Area native just like myself and actually a good friend of mine. Uh, he has been in the legal space for over 10 years now, has done tremendous for himself with his own personal practice, and I'm super excited to have him to share his insight. Sam Geller, welcome, brother. Hey, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you. So let's kick it off, but uh, I think we were just talking about it right now before. Uh, when it comes to the legal world, you know, everyone's in sales, whether you're in real estate, SaaS, legal, we all have to eat, we all have to make money. Love to hear more about that, but before we get into that, let's just Take a step back. Let's talk a little bit about your background. How'd you end up in uh, law? Tell us all about you and how it all started. Yeah. Um, so as a lot of people that I know growing up, I was told that I got to be a doctor or I got to be a lawyer, maybe an engineer, something like that. <laughs> and um, I enjoyed watching law movies much more than I enjoyed watching medical movies. And um, ultimately, I ended up going to law school, not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew that I wanted to be in court and I wanted to represent people and not just sit behind a desk. So after passing the bar, I volunteered as a public defender and I got an opportunity to be in court, figure out what that feels like, solidify within myself that I enjoyed that experience. And then when the time came, um, I just started my own practice one day, told everybody this is what I do now. And slowly, trial and error, started figuring out, you know, how do I allow more people to know that this is what I do? Yeah. Yeah, I think a uh, quick background, you and I are both coming from immigrant families. I think that yeah. was kind of the approach of go to school, become a doctor, become a surgeon, become a lawyer. Correct. But those are your basically three options. Otherwise, you're uh, <laughs> useless, I guess. Yeah. So uh, you clearly had a passion for the legal side. Tell me about why specifically you went into criminal, because I know that's the hardest side of the field. There's corporate, there's tax, there's real estate, a lot of other options. What inspired you specifically on the criminal side? So actually, it was my um, first time having a case actually go to trial. Um, at, the, at the time that I started volunteering, I wasn't so sure like which side of this field I want to be on. I mean, I knew that I don't want to do contractual law, corporate law, because I didn't want to be stuck behind a desk 24-7. Okay. Um, but when I started actually practicing criminal law, I had a case where my client was alleged to have committed a small offense, just like possession of some sort of controlled substance. And there was like four people in a car at a concert that they were attending. And there was all this proof that, um, that this person might've actually not been guilty. And I felt like the justice system was trying to pinpoint someone. And that person happened to be my client. And just in speaking with him and how he felt pressured and how he felt defeated and he, how he felt like he was just stuck, you know, stuck between a, you know, a rock and a hard spot. I felt like there's something that I can do. Right. So completely scared, you know, what's, what's to happen. I was like, let's just go to trial. Never having done one before. I had mentors. I went to court, uh, picked the jury and I got a not guilty verdict within 10 minutes. And that kind of got me, you know, like not, I mean, one, it feels great, right. To get a guilty verdict that quickly. Um, but it just made me feel good. And it made me feel like I helped somebody have a voice. And from then it just kind of took off. Um, it's not something that I can do in a different field of law. Like just be able to be somebody's 
voice technically. Got it. So that one specific case, you kind of fell into it and it lit a fire in terms of, you know, maybe the legal system's not as just as we all think we are. And you feel like you, obviously everyone, you know, guilty until proven, in, uh, innocent until proven guilty. Correct. So I mean, for me, it was it. like, yeah, this person on a small case, on a small crime is being, you know, treated this way. What's happening with people who are accused of, you know, committing right. crimes that are much bigger, you know? I mean, a lot of times are people guilty? Sure. But, you know, there are people who truly are, you know, improperly accused or wrongfully accused is what I mean to say. And um, it's just a, it's just like a poker game for everybody. And you have to equal the playing field somehow. Yeah, absolutely. So you were a public defender for how long? So I was a public defender in Marin County for a whole year. Um, and after Marin County, I got an opportunity to work in San Francisco. Um, two very different experiences. I felt like in San Francisco, I was given an opportunity to kind of come into my own. Um, you know, I got a chance to, in Marin and in San Francisco, work, work with, in my opinion, some of the best attorneys I've ever met. Um, and in San Francisco, I was just given an opportunity to I guess learn a little bit more skills because there was more opportunity to do trial work and different kind of motion work just in because of the nature of how the counties work. Um, but that's where I, that's where I volunteered. Gotcha. Let's take a step back. You were a public defender at Marin County. Then you went to San Francisco. Then you had the grit to start your own company, your own business of just legal representation. Let's talk a little bit about how that process started and how you eventually started your own practice. When I was done with my volunteer work, I had a decision to make. At the time, it was you have to get a job as a public defender somewhere further away into one of the further counties or potentially find you know, other work. Um, and I didn't want to drop everything that I have here in San Francisco Bay Area and go to you know middle of nowhere and do public defense work until I get an opportunity to come back. Right. So one day I just decided, hey, I can do this on my own. I have enough information that I've learned over the past year and a half, and I have enough mentors so I can rely on. And in today's world, it's pretty simple, right? You rent an office, you buy a desk, and you tell people this is what you do. And at the same time, with the internet presence now, as long as you can build your internet presence, you can do amazing things. Um, people find me on the internet all the time. And once I started building that and finding different avenues to generate the potential for a new client, at least, it really helped me then you know, show people what I can do. Absolutely. So when it comes to the legal world, uh, like becoming a pilot or a cop, you know, you have to have some certain training to get in there. You have to have, to have a specific amount of hours. Is there anything that's you have to, is there a career requisite that you have to have a specific amount of cases or a specific amount of litigation time before starting your practice? Or you could just literally out of law school, pass the bar and then start your own practice. You can literally get a law school and start your own practice. That's um, awesome. It, it, it's great. Um, it's also a little bit scary at the time to do that, but there's nothing that says you have to have this many hours under your belt before you can go ahead and represent right. someone on your own. Looking back at it now, I mean, you've clearly got some experience working in the, the public defender's office before taking that initiative, but if you had to do it all over again, would you just jump in straight from a law school bar and then start your own practice? Or do you think you went the route that was more beneficial? Absolutely not. Um, I think that if I had to do it all over again, I would do it the exact same way. Because the type of experience that I got, you know, working right. with other attorneys and just li listening to their ideas and the, and the friendships and the connections that I've made are 
invaluable. You know, the first time I walked into court was just to ask to put over a case to a different date. And I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, I'm like talking to a judge and there's a DA and there's a bailiff. Um, and, you know, just being in court every single day as a public defender with someone to always, def you know, protect you who's a mentor, it's an invaluable experience. Yeah, absolutely. I'd imagine too, I think the Lord never been in trouble with the law before, but I'd imagine if I were to hire someone, especially from a private practice too, I'd want him or her to have some skin in the game, you know, have some sort of scars been Absolutely. in the actual legal environment before, before trusting them with my money or my freedom, livelihood, et cetera. So I totally agree with you there. So you mentioned earlier about different avenues with respect to building your pipeline, getting your customers in. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of those. I know that you're on Yelp. You have a contact page with them. It seems like a partnership. I've seen you on Avo. Let's talk a little bit about some of the platforms that you would recommend for someone that's starting their own practice to build up that presence and get your name out there more. Yeah. Um, well, as you mentioned, I uh, use Yelp. Uh, when I just started, I felt like Yelp wasn't a thing for me because I would use Yelp to find a restaurant. You know, I wouldn't necessarily think to go to Yelp to find an attorney. Now, you know, several years later, I think people use Yelp for everything. Um, so if people are looking to start their own business, it's important to create a Yelp page. But at the same time, your Yelp page has to be something that you're confident in presenting. Right, you're, you have to have great pictures, you have to have great content, great information, great descriptions, and then reviews matter, right? So if you have Yelp, Yelp can be a double-edged sword. If you're doing a bad job for people, people are gonna leave you bad reviews. If you do your best and you, you know, provide the service people are happy with, then you're gonna get good reviews. And over time, you develop, you know, you develop reviews that, that, that people trust, right? So getting a review, having a McDonald's is much easier than getting a review, you know, having a law firm because people are afraid to go online and post their legal troubles. Yeah. But if you do a good enough job, people are willing to do that for you and because they want other people to know that, Hey, you know, Sam is going to be a good person for you to consider hiring. Um, aside from Yelp, um, I obviously use Avo. I use Google. You know, I've tried things like Thumbtack and I've tried these lead generators. I personally hated them. I felt like I would pay money for something and at the same time, I would never get a call back um, or I would call somebody and they were looking for a different type of attorney. Sometimes I felt like the leads were fake, like the companies who are I'm paying leads for are just providing fake leads um, just to create, a, create an income base or just to generate revenue. Um, and what I started doing recently was I changed what I do from just selling my firm and making people realize like, hey, this firm has good reviews on Yelp and Google towards people actually knowing who I am as a person, right? Because I form relationships with people and it's a relationship of trust at a time when people are usually at their lowest point in life, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're terrified, they're scared, and they look to me as someone that can save them, right? For example, so I shifted my entire um, campaign, you know, for lack of a better word, to creating an image, a brand of who I am because people are gonna hire me, right? And that's why now I, I present people with videos on Instagram, on Facebook, um, TikTok, for example, whatever you know, platforms are out there now so that people can get to know me and have some information that I provide that could be related to their case. And um, you know, when they call, they already know who, how I sound and how I present, and it's like we already met. And that's kind of the world that we live in, so I've shifted my focus to that. Absolutely. 
With respect to target market, is there a specific customer or a specific type of case that you like working with? I mean, crimes comes in so many different flavors, but which which ones do you find the most uh, excitement with action? And you know, from a monetary standpoint, of course, which ones do you feel like are the most uh, successful? I mean, from a strictly business perspective, people who got money, right? That's who we want to work with. Um, that and that's, that's always great. the goal and the goal is to help somebody but also it's important to value what you provide to people and provide that to people who are willing to pay for it like at the end of the day i do provide a service but i run a business and it's a you know it's a double-headed monster um and you know if you ask for a target client it's hard to say but what's most enjoyable from from a target client perspective is you know someone who is there who wants your help who you know is willing to be grateful for what you're able to accomplish them right at, at the, uh, that's always important but also be able to like help them with their career or you know maybe they lose their job or they lose their nursing license whatever it may be right having success in that sense is, is to me is more worthy than the couple thousand dollars that I make because I was truly able to help someone because of some mistake they made right Right. Most of my clients aren't career criminals. They are people who had a bad day. They are people who had got into a bad fight. That's and those people don't deserve for that moment to define them in any way. So that to me is like a target client always. Yeah, I think uh, I heard one say the difference between a criminal and uh, just a regular person is just one bad call. That's basically Absolutely. it. But it shouldn't define us. Absolutely, you're right. Um, so with respect to your uh, current practice now, we live in a very interesting time. This is COVID times. Yeah. We're working from home. We're clearly at home right now, but this is a very interesting time. We just talked about this earlier, but with respect to what's happening in the industry, in your specific industry and working from home, how does all that work with judges and you going to trial and we can't be in public places? and getting the, uh, the, your clients a defense that they deserve. How does, how is that all tra that transpiring? Just give us a quick. Yeah. Um, it, it's actually having major implications like from a business perspective, people not being out there, people not interacting means that people are not committing crimes. I'm not getting the calls. Right. Right. But from the current clients and what's happening with court, you know, courts are doing their best to close like Contra Costa County, um, Alameda County, Santa Clara County have pretty much shut their courthouses down and said, Hey, no clients need to show up and we're only gonna we're only gonna handle certain types of cases. You know, major cases, violent cases, domestic violence cases, restraining orders, things like that. And then everything else is kind of being pushed down, you know, down the line, which means that in two months, three months, when this all settles, the courts will be super crowded, overcrowded. Not that they aren't already, but it'll be worse. And right. people usually have a right to have a trial within a certain time. So what the courts are doing, they're saying that because of this national emergency. And there's apparently a government code for this that says we're going to declare these days as holidays. Therefore, they don't count towards your your rights, you know, your speedy trial rights, your right to have this within a certain period of time, wow. um, things like that. So what happened just just two days ago was that all jury trials are now continued for 60 days. Which means that if you're in custody on a misdemeanor case. And you had a trial because you 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 say say you haven't been released for whatever reason, you now have to stay in custody for an additional sixty days. That's usually more time than anybody does in a misdemeanor period, right? 
And then us defense attorneys, we're now asking for people who are in custody to be released because it's important for them not to contact the virus, then be released three weeks later just to spread it. Um, and you know, a lot of DAs are actually somewhat on board, many are not. Um, it depends on the client and you know, it's a case by case basis, but it's impacting the courts a lot. And there's a lot of people who, whose lives are more derailed by the fact that everything is being contained for, you know, three, four months. Yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing a lot of, uh, uh, on the news and the media around prisoners. I actually, I actually thought about this when this first came out, I thought, you know, how do you control a population of prisoners, thousands of prisoners eating next to each other, living next to each other, not really knowing what they're contracting. And I'm already seeing some of that, some of those numbers come out that prisons are getting infected, guards are being infected. It's pretty insane. Oh, yeah. It's impossible. I mean, there is an SF sheriff, for example, who's tested positive. There's an SFPD officer who tested positive. Right. And you think about jail and prison cells. Um, are, they're already overcrowded. And most jails are a six by six cell, right? Where you're sharing it with somebody. So there is no social distancing there. Right. And then say some jail cells are eight by eight. And sure, you have that extra two feet of space. That means that you have to stay two feet away from your, you know. Corner to corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because anybody who's walking by can impact you. So what's happening is if you have less than 30 or 60 days left in custody and you're not a violent person and you haven't been diagnosed with, with the virus, let's just let these people out. Like, right. because people are coming in and out and it's a small hub where they have to eat together. They have to shower in the same place. They're bound to get infected by this. And then they're going to be out on a week later and just infect the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a huge dilemma. That's insane. Yeah. So given current set of affairs, your overall success, just if we put a bundle all into one, what advice would you give to someone that's literally passing the bar right now that wants to branch off and become, you know, their own individual contributor, their own entrepreneur? Uh, what advice would you give to those people right now that are starting out specifically in this crazy time to love to focus on that? Um, well, I think that, you know, this is going to be a very difficult time for people to start their own firms, right? Because one, you have to keep the lights on and pay the bills and you got to pay for, you know, your, your own livelihood. Um, but if you're starting out today, my only advice would be is don't be scared because fear never gets people anywhere. Um, and be different, right? Don't go online and find out what everybody else is doing, but how am I going to be just a little bit different in front of, you know, my say competition so that people actually want to communicate with me and, and talk to me, right? Because you're going to have peaks and valleys of how your business runs. That's just normal in any sort of, you know, any, anybody who's self-employed, um, especially in our line of work. But right now, especially, there's it's gonna be hard to get a job, there's layoffs. And if you're starting your own firm, I personally feel this is a good time to do that because of what I went through and what I've learned as a result. Like if I can take what I know now and take it back six years when the economy wasn't as good, I, I don't know where I would have been today, but I feel like I would have been here at least quicker. Right. So now it's start your own firm. Online presence is the most important thing now. And, you know, build an online presence that you're proud to put out there, which means that if you have a website and you have a Yelp and you have a Google and you have an Instagram, there should be no mistakes. There should be no typos. There should be, there shouldn't be a page that doesn't load because that is a, a representation of how you run your firm. It's good feedback. Awesome, man. And last question for you, brother. 
you know, every, all the success you've had, everything, what's next for Sam Gello? What's next for Gello Law? Do you want to widen your practice? Do you want to continue specifically with your niche market and being your own boss? Where do you see this going in the next three, five years? Uh, I mean, in the next, in the next three, five years, what I would like to do is I would like to expand my firm um, from two perspectives. I would like to expand it in a number of people that work here um, and also expand practice the type of practice that we do, right? So if we're gonna, sticking to criminal defense is always going to be here because that's a passion. Uh, but when I say hire staff, I have to hire somebody who can bring in a different line of, who can bring in a different expertise, right? Because hiring someone who does what I do that I can do myself, it's helpful to alleviate what I do, right? But from a perspective of building more business and creating a pipeline of potential clients, that's not that helpful. Um, so for someone to come in here, help with the office work, and then also help with bringing in a different type of clientele who has a different legal issue, that's the next step for me. Got it. So maybe tax or corporate. Yeah, I mean, we'll know, see. What? We'll see what it what it, what it becomes. But to me, I'm I'm a I base who I work with on the kind of you know people that they are, right? Like what kind of vibe I get from them. And right. if I find someone who does employment law, or if I find someone who does, you know, intellectual property law that can contribute and I feel has a very similar passion that I do and can, you know, deliver, then that'll be that. Got it. So first person, people, yeah. that passion, and then we get into the practice. I, th I mean, yeah, to me, the type of person that I work with is very important. Absolutely. Well, Sam, appreciate you taking the time, brother. You've been killing it out there. Thank you for holding our justice system accountable to some of the craziness I've heard for all the stories you've mentioned and the things that we've talked about today. Continue crushing it out there and stay safe, my bro. I know it's crazy times right now. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you as well. Take care, bud. Thanks for joining. For more episodes, visit salespipepros.com.